Hi, welcome to Talking Newsworth. My name is Rui Branco and together with Anita Silva, we bring you a podcast where we interview youth work experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in youth work, either because they are using creative methods to empower young people, researching on youth trends or responsible for youth policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can youth workers shake up, upgrade and innovate on their daily work. Hey, 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 welcome back to our podcast, where we talk all things youth work. Today's guest is none other than Yan Lai, the unstoppable force behind Sardinia's newest youth esports club. Yan has years of experience in both local and international youth work, and he has seen it all. Now, although it wasn't easy to find the funding and gather up all the right conditions, Nothing could stop him from bringing the world of esports to youth work. So get ready to hear about their new project, the challenges they are facing, and their vision for the future. Join the conversation with us. Let's talk youth work. Hello, everyone. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening us from. But here uh, we are recording now very early in the morning, actually, and I'm with Yan Lai and Hui. Hi, Yan. How are you? Hey, hi, Anita. Very well, thank you. I'm really happy today. <laughs> hi, Hui. Hello. Hello, Yan. Hello, Anita. Hi, Rui. <laughs> <laughs> we can go on and on on these circles. Yes. Of time. <laughs> <laughs> There was a famous movie in the 80s where everybody was doctor, 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 doctor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a bit how it feels in this online world nowadays where yeah. you never know exactly what's the protocol, right? It's, it's like with kissing in Europe. You never know if you kiss one time, <laughs> two times. You don't kiss. <laughs> you just hug. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we're zooming also from different places today. We have this kind of tradition of always stating where we are. Um, Hui, where are you today? Uh, as always in Carcavelles <laughs> near Lisbon. It's not always. There have been times we've been doing this in other places, but okay. Yeah. You're maybe the more stable. Yeah, you're I'm the, the more stable, yeah. You're the rock. I'm the not nomad. <laughs> you're the not nomad, yes. And Jan, where are you zooming from? I'm zooming from Cagliari in Sardinia, in Sardinia, from my office. Fantastic. And I'm I'm zooming from uh, Madeira, a Portuguese island for today. Ah, there you go. So in this global world, we find ways to meet, which is fantastic. And today we are meeting to talk a little bit about youth work and esports, and uh, about an experience or a project that is going on today about about this topic that Jan is leading. Um, but before we get into the topic, Jan, we always ask our guests, um, how did you get into youth work? <laughs> There's always nice stories behind that. Yeah, yeah. well, in my case, given my experience, uh, it's, um, it's a long story, but I'm going to try to make it short, I promise. Um, it started in the other century, back in 1986. Uh, oh. I, had the, yeah, that's, uh, I had this chance to spend one year in, in another country as an exchange student. Um, and that was, uh, I think that was it. That was, that's what uh, triggered and clicked um, because everything was so new, everything was really fun. I, I believe it was the most fun year of my life. Uh, although I know a lot of people get pissed off when I say this. Um, but um, 
it was amazing. It was a huge intercultural experience living in a family. And uh, uh, at the end of it, I I changed a lot. And, and, and I had this uh, feeling, this uh, wish that everybody could do something like that. Mm-hmm. I thought, this is too cool. I mean, this is great. Everybody should be doing it. And then I went back into normal life for 10 more years. Uh, uh, but in what was nine, normal life back then? Studying. <laughs> <laughs> studying. Uh, although this experience um, uh, made me choose uh, international studies, political sciences, um, uh, um, international development, this sort of whatever... Uh, could get me on a plane to travel. Um, But then, yeah, 10 years after that, um, we got a chance, well, we kind of were forced to apply to uh, uh, European Voluntary Service pilot action. Um, It was a brand new thing we never heard of. uh, And we were helping in an association and the president said, go to this meeting, listen what it is. And then after he said, okay, now submit the project. And we were like, no idea. Well, and, and that did it because we submitted a crazy project uh, for hosting 10 volunteers at the same time and with zero experience. But it went, it went so well that in the end um, I'm here. Yeah, I've, I've never stopped after that. <laughs> Fantastic. It's a it's a uh, it's a story that we hear a lot from mm-hmm. uh, from other youth workers and f- even from myself as well. Which is, we were engaged in one project, and uh, we saw the results in our own lives, and then we uh, we just wanted to share that or be part of that for longer and longer and longer. And here we are. <laughs> youth work seems but, like a drug once you try it. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it was so fun. <laughs> of, of course, I think. Um, you know, after mm, thinking about it later on and after seeing so many volunteers that we hosted, which went through amazing problems and <laughs> and issues and so on, I realized I was very lucky. Uh, maybe if I was if I hadn't been that lucky, I would have not chosen this path. But um, I don't know, a lucky twist of faith. And as I was saying uh, earlier, it was also this thing of a very small world because trainer that prepared me when I was 16 to the year uh, abroad. I met her again when we had our very first volunteers. She was leading the um, midterm evaluation and I was like, wow, wait a minute. So you do this for a living? And she said, yeah, it's very tough. I don't recommend it, but you can do it. And I I didn't listen to the first part, obviously. Uh, and, And that's it. That's the right thing to say to a young person. It's, I don't recommend. All right. <laughs> Hold my juice. Reverse yeah, psychology. Day, yeah, absolutely. One day my son said, oh, when I grow up, I want to do what you do. No. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Luckily, he was very young. And now yeah. he has completely different ideas. And nowadays, Jan, where are you working? Uh, what is exactly your role in, in youth work? Well, thank you for the second part of the question, because where are you working? You know very well that it's very hard to answer. Um, mostly I'm working uh, locally in Sardinia, in, but uh, there, I, I would say like 25% of my time 
it's everywhere else, wherever the, the job takes me. Um, my role is um, is more, well, it's, it's also a role which uh, includes many hats to wear because I'm a trainer or better yet a facilitator, but I'm also a youth worker involved in local small scale projects a lot. And then I, I try to um, to do my best in policy making somehow or, or lobbying. Um, so I belong to um, I'm a compulsive collector of uh, associations memberships. So, uh, 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 you know, from 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 Italian National Organization of Youth Workers and uh, NIMFEA to the International Youth Work Trainers Guild. Uh, advisory boards here and there I've, wherever i have the chance to contribute to something i i, I cannot say no mm. yeah but the thing i like the most is to stay with the young people and do practical or creative things yeah great and um now you have on the association where you work locally you have a project on esports right how did exactly. that start well this is Oh, another lucky twist uh, of faith. Um, the, the city of Cagliari, um, with which incredibly, as in my sound, we have never done a project before in over 25 years. Um, they they launched a call in 21, um, looking for innovative proposals uh, to uh, to work with young people. And well, I, I am a quite uh, a geeky, a geek. Uh, I like technology. I like um, whatever has to do with digital, and I love um, video games. And for years now, with uh, my good pals Michele Di Paola and and, uh, and Carmine Falanga, um, we we've been thinking about or or preaching about the value of video games in learning. So I said, well, it was not a huge priority project for us. So I said, okay, let's propose that we want to buy uh, equipment and open a esport uh, team. Uh, and incredibly, they accepted. Uh, they cut the budget uh, half to half of it. Uh, so we made uh, what we could do uh, with that little money. But then, I mean, we did it, uh, and. I was I've been jealous for for a long time of the Finnish experiences that I had the chance to uh, visit, uh, where they already have a long history of uh, using video games in educational and um, youth um, uh, centers and things like that. So I, I I quoted that I mentioned that and apparently that convinced the city. Um, and yeah, and they founded it, so it became a reality. Mm, this this is how it started. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the what what is the equipment? What is the setup? How tell us that kind of a, a yeah, summary of what is, does the project look like? This is I, I could have maybe um uh you know when you do those unboxing videos uh, <laughs> uh this this we, we actually actually we did a little bit of that. We at a certain point we had. Um, a table with all these boxes piled up because we chose computers instead of consoles. Um, 
for several reasons. There was a moment in which PlayStation 5 was coming out, but it was impossible to find and hugely expensive. So we said, no, we go for computers because we can use them also for other things. Um, and uh, that was also complicated because everybody was mining bitcoins. So uh, <laughs> graphic cards were not to be found anywhere unless you wanted to spend uh, uh, outrageous amounts of money. So it took a while. It took almost a year before we could finally get all the equipment. Um, but then we had all these boxes and that was, I think, one of the most interesting parts of the project because um, we gathered the young participants, 12, 12 kids that uh, enrolled in the project, and we said, so this is it. Now you have to assemble the computers. Uh, and they had no idea. So we, we, we guided them through from opening the boxes to, you know, then putting all the things together. And for them, that was really fun. And uh, I think it helped a lot in doing the team building part of the project. And we have now four computers with uh, quite decent uh, uh, power, um, nice curved videos, and a very fast connection. We have 2.5 gigabytes optical fiber connection, which is obviously one of the requirements if you want to do um, competitive video gaming. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting uh, the the thing that the 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 young people had to assemble the computer because there's a sense of also of ownership and taking care of something yeah. that you built instead of here's something to play with. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was really great. You know, they they um, they had to wear gloves and they were getting scared whenever they were doing something wrong. Oh my god, we broke it and. Uh, um, and they learned a lot. They learned um, how to handle this sort of equipment. They, they learned the fact that if you are using a computer, you can upgrade it later by changing some parts. And so some of those who were like, oh, no, no, we want a PlayStation. At the end, they were really enjoying the fact that they built their own computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when you say unboxing and assembling things, it's not just putting the cables together between the, the screen and the... And no. the computer itself, it was, you were working in it, like installing, what, graphic... Uh, graphic cards and processor, exactly. everything, the vents. Uh, we even bought um, LED strips to make the room more, you know, more more uh, gaming, more, more gamer environment and uh, uh, all of these little details. And um, uh, they, they really liked, and we asked them to install the, the operating system to install uh, the games and uh, all the gaming uh, accounts and so on. So it was a long process. It took a few meetings, but it was really worth it. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And, and then what happened? I mean, did they, they were playing already? They were gamers already? Did they have to train to um, go in competitions? What happened after? Okay, well, um, first of all, in, in terms of competitions, that's um, a work in progress. Maybe I'll, I'll get there uh, a bit later, but um, these were just very normal kids. We actually had one um, who was really good, potentially, um, you know, really competitive. And then in the end, he said, 
but this, the group is 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 way too uh, low uh, in terms of skills compared to me. They they no, don't even use the keyboard. They use the console. So he was outraged by this thing, and and in the end he he was not getting what he was looking for, and he left. Uh, so we we also learned uh, uh, that maybe you cannot put two different levels of. Uh, um, gaming skills together but what we were looking for were uh young people who knew how to play but were not um, pros mm -hmm. to to start from from scratch you know to, to start mm -hmm. practicing together so what they do is uh they uh, we have three afternoons uh, every week uh, because we have only four computers because of that budget cut mm -hmm. um so they alternate in groups of four and they come and we choose the games together with them and we have uh, fabio he's uh, their coach and he's a young uh, facilitator expert in video games uh, very expert he actually mm, works in video gaming industry um so they will discover games start playing with mm, some games and uh, then come back to the ones that they know it's very it's very messy. Let's say that at this moment, it, it's still very messy. Um, we really started at the end of November, so we don't have that long of a process uh, behind us. But what we wanted to do was really create the spirit of the group. Uh, one of the things we're doing uh, now is to get them the, the shirts, the jerseys of the team with their name, personal name and personalized number in the back. So they will feel like a team. Uh, but we did have um, a first taste of uh, competing in an intercultural international uh, setting because we arranged uh, one gaming evening with uh, a Spanish partners of ours, uh, and it was really fun. They really enjoyed. It was very competitive, and uh, they lost. Uh, our team lost, <laughs> uh, but the, the, they they really liked that. Um, and. And now we are uh, progressing through to uh, a higher level of engagement. We have next month a first Erasmus Plus Youth Exchange on esports, uh, and that's where we want to go. That's uh, what we did with the project was really set up a Troy horse for them to mm -hmm. come to the association, hang around with us, and. Uh, and then start telling them, hey, look, guys, we can go to Germany and meet other people through video games and, and you know, go there and play uh, and have a tournament. And, and then from um, this, go on. No, I wanted to just clarify one thing, because um, I'm, I'm not a gamer, but I know there's a difference between gaming and esports, right? So yeah. it's not exactly the same thing, but the terms are used interchangeably. So can you explain a little bit what would be the difference between esports and gaming here? Basically, esports is um, playing video games in a competitive uh, arena, in a competitive setting. And there are some specific video games that you that are very popular uh, for that. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know, Rocket Rocket League, uh, Fortnite, League of Legends. These, these are maybe like the most popular ones. And there are rules and tournaments and so on. So and and it's a team thing. You don't yeah. do it uh, on your own. Gaming. It's playing whatever video game, and um, a lot of times it's an individual thing that you do on your own. Um, 
and uh, it includes a lot of games which have no competition uh, at all uh, involved with games that are collaborative games or games that you just play on your own and uh, and so on. So it's it's a much wider world, but eSport is really having teams playing one against each other. Yeah, and as I, I hear that um, e-sporting, e-sports now is um, huge. A very, it's huge. It's and it's a growing industry, right? There's more and more people watching e- e-sports, so there's an audience for it, and there's more obviously more and more teams as well, right? Yeah, I believe e-sport games um, have much more viewers than traditional sports nowadays. Um, I mean, yeah. except for maybe some football world cups mm-hmm. games and stuff like that uh, champions league finals but regular games esports um especially because they they uh, they rely a lot on streaming they have an amazing number of of young people that follows them and um uh, passionate they, they they even have their teams to, to pull for it's a it's a exponentially growing thing and the budgets of um, video gaming industry are um, extremely high yeah they're much higher than cinema yeah yeah Uh, video games are more profitable than movies yeah and you invest more on a video game Mm -hmm. than on a normal movie nowadays so it's something that it's about time that we stop um, ignoring culturally or considering a waste of time for for kids this is real culture, it's pop culture, it's mainstream, and it's huge. So it's about time to use it also with the, as a youth work tool. Yeah, instead of making video games in esports an enemy, let's use it as a tool. Because it, as a tool, it can be, like you were saying, building teamwork, build, building the, 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 the skills to, from scratch, Create a computer, having to to deal with the, the the partners who are also building the computer, making mistakes, learning from the mistakes, and uh, my question is um, regarding an actual session. How does it look like? Do the kids do push-ups before going to the keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Um, uh, actually, you 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 got very close. Um, um, when they come, we're on the fourth floor and we forbid uh, the use of the elevator for them. Uh, and they know they have to walk through all the, you know, up to the fourth floor, uh, climb the stairs. And when there is something that, um, according to the coach, uh, it's not mm, going the right way, maybe they, they are trolling some opponent or, or they're being toxic because these are all relevant issues they were trying to tackle. We just send them downstairs and back up. So and we don't do push-ups, we do steps. Uh, but it was also clearly stated in the project that uh, we wanted them to do also a little bit of physical thing, activities, even just for them to think of the need of doing it. Um, but normally it's not like that they come and sit and stay here for two hours. They 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 come, they they fight or discuss or debate on which game we're playing today. So there is the component of uh, you know um, uh, bringing forward your your ideas. Yeah, there is a negotiation going on and so on. And then once they decide, 
we play either they play two against two or maybe they play as a team of four when we look for um, other um, uh, people to play against with online um, i think that that the key uh, thing the crucial uh, variable for which we think this project is successful is that they don't do really much that they wouldn't do at home with their console or their own computer. Uh, they might even play the same games. But one thing is to play at home, even if they uh, are always constantly connected with their friends. One thing is to be here and, and together and having to do these little things, negotiating, uh, doing the steps, uh, um, making sure that their uh, coach doesn't get uh, mad uh, at some of their uh, messages on the chats and, and things like that. It's it's much more social, and that's what we wanted them to to do. Especially you know after these these kids, they are like between twelve and sixteen, seventeen, and for them the last two three years have been quite tough. Uh, and social skills, uh, it's something that they really need. Uh, um, and there is another difference. When they play at home, they choose their own friends to play with. When they come here, at, the, at least at the beginning, it was unknown people that they had to make a team with. And, uh, and maybe I don't like that guy. Uh, well, we have to sort that out because you're in the same team. You know, these sort of things. So would you say that um, that they are developing um, social competences or soft skills or um, through through this project? And and my question would be also what what are you aiming at? Like what is your intention in terms of, of competence development with this work? Well, we really want them to. Um, there are some specific competences uh, related to the uh, world of uh, video games, which we want them to. Um, to at least start um, mm -hmm. exploring, which are related to some of the problems in in the in the gaming world, which is, for instance, the the, the toxicity of uh, some online environments. Um, gender issues in in video gaming are a huge and, and very unfortunately very uh, known story. Girls are bullied a lot, um, and this this is yet a point where we need to work a lot because so far we were not successful in getting uh, girls involved. Um, although every once in a while we had some girl that um, did some little things with them. And and I, I think we we when when we had girls as guests, I think we always noticed that the potential was there for, or, you know, doing another step. Uh, but so these are some competences uh, or, or topics that are strictly related to to the uh, gaming uh, environment. But then there are uh, again basic social skills, as we were mentioning, and others that are related to non-formal uh, education and youth mobility. Because as I was saying now we start a season because it's not going to be just one but it, we start a season of youth exchanges and that is obviously opening a huge door for for a lot of other competences um there are some which are basically embedded already in playing like 
learning English. Kids are learning mm. English much uh, in, in a much easier way than before. Kids that are playing through gaming, uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, much more than watching um, series on TV. Uh, uh, so uh, that the, the possibility is very wide. The the, the menu or the, the the portfolio of competences that we can uh, lead them through uh, is very wide. Once we will start with the youth exchanges from next month. Uh, then there are other things which are more technical. For instance, I mentioned assembling the computers, but we also have equipment for um, streaming. Uh, we want to start a streaming a school of streaming or whatever you want to call them. Uh, call it. We, we're going to get them to stream uh, their games, and we in the future we would actually also like to get them into podcasting. Uh, we bought equipment for oh. all of these things. Mm-hmm. Mm, and we started streaming, but it's very complicated technically um, putting together these many computers with the audio sources from the games, with the audio sources from the different microphones and webcams and sharing the screen and so on. It proved very, very tricky. Uh, it took a lot of time to find the right software and the right uh, hardware just to realize that in the end, we need another computer to do that. And so we need funds for <laughs> for the new computer. Otherwise, the only one we can use is mine, my work laptop. But unfortunately, I'm very rarely here with my computer. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead, Rui. Yeah, no, I was thinking that if there's the expectation of those kids playing like an amateur esports reaching the professional competitive mm. esports because i was listening to you and i i know of teams that have nutritionists personal trainers sports psychologists you name it m- m- massages be- because of playing so many hours in the computer yes. they have uh, their top level athletes sitting in a computer but there's a lot of thing going on like a formula one formula one driver Absolutely. That, that just sits on the, the cockpit. And esports is the mm. same thing. If there's expectation for those kids to reach those levels. Um, I think they uh, they probably, um, it, it, it might be among their wishes or dreams. Huh? Uh, but they're also aware of the fact that to reach those levels, um, the 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 level of practice uh, and the number of hours they should spend on, on playing, it's it's a completely different story. And then also they, they're very young. Uh, as I said, we have one who's 17, but most of them, they're like between 12 and 15. So they have a lot to do in school and, and, and real sports, let's say, mm. uh, physical sports. Uh, so meeting just one afternoon per week it's not definitely not enough to start thinking uh, at least not at this stage about uh, professional uh, um, esport leagues mm-hmm. on the other hand um, we as i mentioned we told them we were buying the t-shirts we're trying to get them involved into um, more and more uh, opportunities to play against other teams uh, uh, we will have, uh, we already have uh, these uh, partners from the youth exchange in May. Then we are already speaking with Norwegian partners. 
for having another youth exchange, but at the same time to have gaming evenings um, through the summer, uh, raising the, the bar of um, the, the competition involved. Still fun, still for fun, but a bit more competitive. But to reach the level of um, profession, pro teams, that involves a lot of time, a huge investment in time for um, for the kids and also money investment, because as you said, it, it requires a huge team. We're a small NGO. What we what we can do is really use um, eSport as a tool mm-hmm. to, to get them involved in many other things. And, and then who knows? I mean, we started the project five months ago and, and Christmas in vacation in between. So we probably have a history of four, four months meeting once a week. Um, I believe that maybe the, the youth exchanges that we will do now in spring and, 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 and summer might contribute to raise, you know, expectations and raise motivation. Um, uh, we've been already talking with some of these uh, new partners about why don't we start uh, esports uh, youth work league mm-hmm. uh, involving partners here and there. And then once you have a league, you have tournaments and it can become a bit more structured and a bit more uh, uh, engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what I was thinking. I mean, as esports is growing um, and we see professional teams um, behaving like obviously the professional teams of uh, physical sports. So will amateur esports also grow in terms of having regional leagues, local, I don't know, clubs, if that's the right name to give it? Um, you know, if you see that in the future, this will be something that will be also even present in schools, just like physical sports or how, how do you think this will evolve? Well, it, it actually pretty much all all of the things that you mentioned are already there, uh, at least in starting. Um, I have um, followed uh, a, an expert um, and he's been setting a school league, uh, a national school league. Uh, it's still on the very beginning of it, but it's already picking up. And then locally, and normally, at least in places where there is a bit more people than in Sardinia, because, well, let's face it, we're not a big city. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to find uh, uh, a lot of people to create that sort of environment, uh, at least for now. But in where there is in a critical mass of players, they are already setting up uh, amateur leagues, uh, local, regional leagues, and so on. In Cagliari, we have a professional team who's linked to the um, football team of the city. Uh, and of course, they have the money, the investment from the football uh, team. Um, so it's the Cagliari esports team. Uh, and they compete professionally. Uh, but other than that, mm, it's more really like... A, personal level uh, or very, very small groups of people meeting and, and, and mm. playing. Uh, so what we're trying to do, it's quite a new thing locally. And we, I believe that one thing we will need is other groups like ours to um, start uh, their activities locally. 
we're not only aiming at the international um, connections, but we are looking around to see if we can support and, and, and foster other teams. We're also uh, available in sharing our hardware with other groups that might want to come and play, for instance. But hmm. still, the age range is v- that we started working with is very much limited by having to go to school. So, uh, yeah, so it's it's not easy to find the, the, the day and the time where they can meet. It's not easy to find uh, groups that can meet the same day and so on. But we're working on it. And um, I wanted to to ask you, I mean, as 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 esports are growing and youth work is taking up on this as a tool and involving uh, young people more and more in esports activities, what would you what would you suggest for a youth worker that wants to start working in esports, that wants to start involving their young people, in um, in or maybe their young people are already kind of involved in it. The youth worker wants to start getting involved yeah. into his sports and including it in his work. What would you advise somebody who wants to start this journey? Well, um, boy, uh, I think that the first thing that they would need is somebody in their organization that plays games. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if it was for me, I, I really suck. <laughs> my, uh, uh, for my 50th birthday, I asked um, uh, a wheel. Uh, for playing Formula One car games and stuff like that, because I was like, oh, at least in this, I will beat my son. Um, <laughs> little did I know that uh, uh, the fact that I had uh, 40 years of driving license didn't help at all. Um, <laughs> and and it's it's hard if, if in your team you don't have anyone who plays uh, decently. Uh, you know, as, as everything in youth work, you have to have at least one person that can be the, the role model. So yeah. check that you have that in your organization. Um, or in the community. On the community, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Young people who are already probably able to, to also, support yeah, and yeah. be mentors. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, well, you have to believe that it's a good idea because it's especially challenging, mostly financially, because buying the equipment is, is not the easiest thing. Um uh, so you have to stand by the idea, believe in it, and be be very good at selling it, um, selling the idea to the city that, uh, or to write an Erasmus Plus project about it. And I don't know. You have to find fundings. Uh, yeah, uh, because you cannot settle for cheap equipment. The kids will come, say, this thing is lagging, goodbye. Um, so yeah, take care of the hardware, um, take care of your human resources. Uh, and then the other, the other thing is time resource, uh, because, uh, if you have to, to create this uh, huge puzzle of, uh, days and hours where, you know, doodle, well, this is doodle exponentially, <laughs> uh, complicated because young uh, kids that age, they have so many things to do, so many other groups that they hang around with, and, and, and to find the time where you can put them together, it's really complicated. Uh, and then I would rely on the literature that there is. Uh, there is a, a growing um, a growing amount of uh, publications, uh, 
There has been one very recently by uh, Salto Information and Participation, uh, which is video games in educational settings. That's the title. So I think it's quite uh, relevant. And Michele, that I already mentioned, worked directly on it. And I, I, I trust that it's uh, something that I would definitely want to read if I wanted to uh, start working with these mm. tools. Mm. Great. Michele, you owe me a few <laughs> coffees and beers. <laughs> We will add the link to this publication. It's a free publication. We will add the link uh, to the text of the podcast. Um, fantastic. We're almost um, closing our conversation today. Um, Rui, um, I, I, wanted to <laughs> I wanted to give you the floor. Rui is showing me papers on the video, people. I'm <laughs> Multimedia. Yeah. Um, Rui, I don't know if you had any further questions about the esports before we go to our last question our famous last question uh, uh, no the the thing is that i'm understanding is it's a, a great setting to transmit a lot of uh, information to the young people even about the way they manage the time they spend on computers because we all spend too much time on the computers and mm -hmm. using like we were saying the 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 way that the professional esports teams do it it seems like Every few hours, stop, drink water, stop. do some stretching, mm -hmm. uh, uh, use the game to also teach focus to kids. It's it's understanding that computer will be part of their lives as is much as the, a part of our lives. And if we can understand and use the computer instead of being used by the computers, because I feel that in our generation, maybe we didn't have the information and we started using the computers until the computers started using us. And if we can be more conscious from the, from the beginning that we can use the computer and be extremely uh, productive and healthy using the computer, it would be a great thing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. In, if I might, you mentioned two things that um, uh, you mentioned. Um, this thing of stopping and drinking water and so on, that's something that we also, uh, for instance, uh, tell the kids a lot. The problem is that they bring Doritos and, 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 and chips <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and this, this gaming room, is it's a total mess. Um, <laughs> it's full of crumbles. The keyboards are like already stuck. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for them to spill liquid over the keyboards uh, so mm -hmm. that I can... <laughs> yeah, but, but for example, if the professional teams have nutritionists and they work on that also, because nutrition is a very part, important, important part, important part of, uh, sport. of sports, any sport, and esports is still a sport. Yes, yes. So, yes, I, th I think, and I think this is maybe the the tricky part also for youth workers to get their heads around because especially youth workers from our generation, you know, we are 40 plus, 50 plus. I think it's it's um, it's hard sometimes to understand this as a sport and to see how you should treat it as a sport and therefore, you know, like, like you're saying, start develop, developing these competences uh, bottom up. You know, what do you eat? What do you bring for the session? Mm -hmm. How can you perform well if you're eating Doritos? You know? um, <laughs> Throughout every session, um, how can you become better at this? What do you need to become better at this? Um, and and then you know, getting to all those competences you were saying before. I think it's also about 
a lot about us as youth workers changing our stereotypes about gaming. If we do, if we didn't grow up in that environment, which I think many of the older generations didn't. Yeah, well, um, the, you know, this thing about the generations, I I must honestly say that I I have a different perception. Um, uh, hmm. Gee, I have a different understanding. <laughs> Can you understanding? I have a different <laughs> uh, uh, approach to to this generation thing because, for instance, you Rui mentioned um, the fact that we, as a generation, we started using computers and that ended up being used by computers. But on the other hand, uh, and, and that's also why I wanted to start by getting them to assemble computers, we were there in a very pioneering phase of um, digital transformation and computers and so on. So we actually, those of us who work with the digital tools uh, or hardware tend to know, um, to be more aware of certain things and the young people for them it's a given thing so they don't many times they don't question some mechanisms some some um what's what's behind what's inside and then uh, so actually i i believe that it is crucial what you were saying they have to understand these things from a very young age uh, uh but i i believe that some of us are fit and uh, skilled to, to to give them this uh, this knowledge and understanding. Mm-hmm. And as for the video gaming, uh, Anita, when Anita, you said, uh, maybe many of us didn't grow up on, on playing video games. Well, I actually, uh, even there, um, video gaming industry and culture goes back at least, at least, uh, 30, 40 years. Uh, everybody knows Pong, of course, which was the very first visible thing. But but now um, uh, some titles, some some old games are like classic, and and even young generations they know them. Uh, and so and it's been a mainstream thing even for many of us. I saw the other day that on I believe Netflix they have a. A movie on Tetris, uh, mm-hmm. and apparently is like on the top ten things uh, seen this week or month. I don't know, yeah. and it tells you a lot. Um, uh, so this competence can also be an intergenerational exchange, mm-hmm. I believe. Ab- absolutely, yes. I think I'm probably also speaking more from a place of a of a female in this in this world because, like you said, there is much less women involved in gaming than men. But there's much more women involved in youth work than men in many countries. That is and so. True. So I think there is that gap as well. Um, and I, and and I'm saying it from a point of view. I think that um, I don't know. I still hear a lot of, of of people kind of putting things at odds, saying like, "Well, what they need is to go outside and play sports, not to be more in the computer." Which I disagree, right? And I think that that is the mind shift that we need in order to do what you're saying, which is to actually support young people in in having a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. technology in general which we all by the way need yes yes oh well, i'm very happy whenever they they can have a chance to go out and do physical activity that's uh, absolutely fundamental but then if they could spend a little less time on their own in in, the, in, you know, exactly. in their room uh uh doing something that for them it's important 
not just fun. It's also important. It's a short social thing. But if they can do it in presence with the other people, you know, they, they, every once in a while somebody misses something and, and there you go, they'll slap uh, <laughs> the back of their head. Uh, what are you doing? So it's much more fun, much more uh, rich experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, like I said, I don't think it has to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be... Um, Alternatives. Yeah, exactly. That it's youth work yes has, has a mission. Yes, <laughs> and. Said, yes, and. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Jan, uh, we're getting to the end and I have one last question for you. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a question we ask all our guests, which is, we don't. you don't know who's our next guest, but it will be somebody re related to youth work, related to innovation in youth work and the new trends in youth work, like you were. Um, what would be a question you would like to leave for our next guest? Do you want us Any to question? ask the question from our previous guest before? or? Ah, yes, I'm sorry. There's a question for me. All right. There's okay. also a question for you. And you will leave a question for the next guest. And I forgot to put the question from the previous <laughs> guest, <laughs> in spite of uh, whose message is there. Yeah. Uh, so you want to go first, Hui, and with the, pre the question from the previous guest. Yes. The question is, how do, do you keep their own curiosity going in, in, their wor in your work? My curiosity. Yeah. How do you keep your curiosity going in your own work? Oh, well... Um... By saying yes to whatever crazy proposal comes to me, that's that's one uh, of my big mistakes. Um, <laughs> and um, I think I think what really um, that the, the the thing that pushed me to do this job to to live this life was meeting other people. My curiosity is mostly about other people. So I keep it, it's very easy to keep it because whenever I travel for my job, I always end up meeting some new people. And even when, when I do local activities uh, with our NGO, with new groups of young people, I'm always meeting uh, new kids, uh, new, new colleagues and so on. And I believe it's just really meeting the people and sharing a little bit of informal time, um, might be a pizza, might be a beer, might be a chat about a game or or, or a movie or something. It's it's just a, the the hanging around with people, uh, and that I would say that's what keeps me going in the field. Um, really, um, it's what I the main richness of, of human my job. connection. Human connection, absolutely. Um, but then again, yeah, the other thing also. Uh, Jan, do you know anything about this topic? Mm, no, but I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> although I I think I can pride myself for not taking jobs when the topic is totally unknown to me. And I'm like, I don't think I, I'm, I'm able to do that. But if it's borderline, <laughs> I, I like the challenge. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. A question for somebody else. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. Um, maybe uh, a question that I ask myself a lot. Uh, are you capable um, to draw a line uh, or do you know when, when is uh, the right moment to draw a line and say, for the next six months, this is it. <laughs> I'm not taking uh, any other half an hour uh, proposal uh, to add to the agenda. Like, 
how do you how do you know that you've reached your limits yeah maybe this mm. question i don't know right. if somebody already asked no 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 this is a new one it's a great one too i think in in nowadays where where our days seem to be speeding up somehow mm. <laughs> thank you so much yeah and it was great to have you with us mm -hmm. uh, thank you good, good luck for the project i hope uh that maybe even if there's a somebody out there listening to this and interested in making partnerships, maybe not for the next six months, Yen lives. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but right. maybe to share knowledge or you have a team that is looking for uh, another youth team to play with. Um, I hope this also that supports the project. Um, and if you, Anita and Rui, want to have a game once in a while, we can also arrange a... <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I, th I think it's also helpful. I mean, I told you I suck, so you don't have to worry too much. <laughs> I would love to, actually. I don't, I don't, uh, I I don't, don't play, play games video. online yeah, enough. Yeah, I don't play. Yeah, so maybe we should. Maybe it's a nice <laughs> okay. hangout. I will coach days. you through some games that you might like. Yeah, <laughs> All right, cool. nice. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, see you around. And um, yeah. Have a great day and a great uh, weekend in our case. That is, the weekend is coming now. <laughs> yes, it's coming. Uh, thank you, guys. It was really a pleasure. Um, have a great spring because also spring is coming. Mm, unless <laughs> we don't jump immediately to summer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thanks, Bye. Arif. Thanks, Rui. Bye. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. This podcast was brought to you by Team Maish recorded and edited by Rui Branco for the international project EduLabs, financed by the Erasmus Plus program. Our great partners for this project are the associations ANEV from the Czech Republic, YouthWatch from Slovakia, and of course HOMAC, the University of Applied Sciences from Finland. <laughs>